How many times do you have to play a game to get your money's worth? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about games as they'd like to know. This week, we're going to talk about games with a built-in lifespan. You can only play so many times before they're all used up. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast. Joining me again this week, Amanda McKnight. Hey there. And Emily Finnerty. Hi. Now, one of the things we can use to tout board games is how there's such great value for the money. You can play them over and over again with lots of people, so the cost per person per hour is tiny compared to movies or books or going out drinking or whatever. But recently, we've seen a lot of games come out that have a limited number of plays in them. Games like Time Stories, Pandemic Legacy, and Seafall. Some people are actually kind of worried about this trend. You're both game aficionados. What do you think? Are you upset that this is becoming a thing that happens in the business now? No. No. I think it's really cool. And my guess is that you've both had some experience playing some of these games and really enjoyed them. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones have you, uh, have you found most, uh, uh, most engrossing so far? Uh, I haven't played any, um, legacy games yet, though I've been wanting to try to get my hands on a group to play Pandemic Legacy with, but, um, I've played, <laughs> yeah, I've played, um, nine of the cases in Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. All right, that's, that one's got ten cases in ten it. Ten right? cases, yeah, and then expansions that are not currently released in English, which mm-hmm. is, Heartbreaking. Um, and I've played the first two times, those time stories and then the first released expansion of time stories. And these have been, you know, these, these have been really worthwhile experiences oh, yeah. regardless. Great. Of, you're, you'll, you'll be fine that you can't ever yep. play them again. Totally. It was great. Yeah. And I've played a bit of Risk Legacy and that's about, that's about it. I've wanted to play time stories forever. It's so good, Amanda. I hear it's so good. It's so good. Every time I want to play it, and this is the problem you will run into sometimes with these games, is, um, a lot of the people that I want to play it with now have already played it. Uh. So it's kind of like, I would play it with you, but I did it. So. I probably shouldn't. You know, in, in a couple of years' time, I can imagine myself maybe going back and joining them with a new group. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it's obviously, I'm going to remember some of the things. I'm going to try hard not to spoil everybody mm-hmm. about yeah. the big surprises that happen. But uh, even so, it's I, I don't think it's as unreplayable as a lot of people make it out to be. And it's it's lack of replayability has been a known issue in games for a long time. I mean, like, how many times can you play tic tac toe before you've gotten everything out of it? Yeah. Yeah, and even like, I mean, if you look at Pandemic Legacy, it's what, it's, what did you say, between 12 and 24 games? About 18-ish. Yeah, so, but even at, even at the lowest, so 12 games of Pandemic Legacy, I mean, how many games of Pandemic, regular Pandemic, will you play before you never want to play Pandemic again, right? Especially in the board game community. That's the thing that like, like, I understand if you, don't play a lot of board games and, you know, you want to buy something that's really replayable because you only have a few games that, that you own. But for people that own a lot of board games, that love board games and have, uh, as some people would say, for our collections, way too many of them. I disagree <laughs> with this. Um, how many games have you had that are still in the wrap that you haven't played for a year? Like, I mm. bought Colt Express last year, played it uh, the first time a few months ago. Haven't played it since then. That's because, though, when you tell people you have to set it up, then they're like, oh, you haven't set it up yet. Oh, we'll play something else. No one's <laughs> spent time setting up a game. Uh, but uh, when it comes to games like that, there are many games in my collection that I rarely get to touch because mm-hmm. they just don't get pulled out as much. It's not that they're not replayable. It's just you have to find the right group of people. And I think it's the same thing with legacy games. You know, um, You may think 
that, oh, this game, I'll only play it, like, a few times, then they'll be it. But you don't know how long it'll even take you to finish a story. Mm-hmm. And the other cool thing about it, too, is that when you're doing it, you're having, like, a unique experience where everybody is 100% on board. Unlike some other games that you play where, you know, maybe not everybody wants to play raw at the table and you have that one person that's like, oh, I guess whatever. <laughs> like usually when people are sitting down to play a legacy game, everybody is pumped. Yeah. And what you were saying about, you know, people not wanting to play something because it needs to be set up or, you know, trying to get the right group of people together to play the game. With a legacy game, you are guaranteed, like once you get your group together, you are guaranteed deaf people to play this game with you for 12 games mm-hmm. right versus yeah like you were saying with cult express or like any other game if you buy a new game can you like hold this game shrink wrapped in your hands and tell yourself yes i will get 12 plays out of this with either the same group of people or different group of people will i be able to corral people 12 times <laughs> to play this game with me that, no. that degree right? of engagement that yeah. happens with these games that you're invested in, that you've sort of shepherded through these stages of the story, that draws people mm. in maybe more than uh, than something that's, that, that, that's, a, that's a session play game yeah. that's done after you finish. Think about the cost of entertainment in you know in in 2016 think about how much does it cost you to go to the movies how much does it cost you go for drinks with yeah. your friends you you're only going to get to do that once yeah how many but you, you multiply spend it by how, much? how many tickets you bought yeah uh the other the other night um i found this very interesting because the other night uh my boyfriend and some of his friends were playing a video game called inside and they just I bought love it that yeah, game. they just bought it and they just played it the whole night they spent 5 hours playing it uh two of them played it and then the other friend didn't really want to play, but watched the whole thing mm. and found it very entertaining. And it was 25 bucks or something, I think they said. And, uh, you know, my boyfriend was like, oh, you know, 25 bucks and you play a game and, you know, that's probably all we're going to, like, play it. But uh, but I was saying to him, like, that's not bad, though, when you think about how much if you guys had gone out and done something. And you would have only done, like, once that night is done, it's done. You don't replay the night. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, if they had all gone out to go to a movie, it would have been, like, thirteen fifty, you know, 15 yeah. bucks ahead to go see a movie. And, it would, that's, and that's less ticket. than $10 yeah, for ahead for yeah. five hours of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So let's get into some details here. A few of our listeners might be wondering, wait a second, why can't you just play the game again? What's, what, what is this limited play thing? So let's get into some details about games like Time Stories, like Sherlock Holmes, like Pandemic Legacy. We, we've done, uh, we put Pandemic Legacy in the spotlight a while ago, so listeners would know about that one. But these other two, what is it about them that, uh, that makes them special? How do you play them and why are they not something you can play repeatedly? So Time Stories is, um, so the whole thing of Time Stories is, is, uh, it's the future. It is. A while from now, and you are being sent back in time by your supervisor Bob to uh, solve a crime, and that's that's it. Like that's okay. that's it. And you have a uh, limited amount of time to do it, and everything you do, like every action you do, like costs you time. So like if you go over the location, it costs you time. If you get in a fight, it costs you time. And then when your time's up, you get sent back, and Bob wags his finger at you, and then you get sent back again to try to do it better. So it's Groundhog Day. Yes. Okay. Um, and then once you solve it, then you've solved it. And that's it. Um, it claims that you can replay it because the idea is that it's a, it's a big puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you've got a whole deck of cards of stuff that you can, like, explore to try to, like, solve this crime or this thing because you don't necessarily know what it is. And there are different avenues you can take. Um, and in theory, you can replay it and try to explore other avenues. But that would be not so much more of a, not really a replay, but more of a re-exploration, right? Like, you know what the end is. Sort of like when you play an RPG and like you finish the main quest, yeah. but you're like, 
I'm gonna go through and like do all yeah, these little see, things that I like, didn't really yeah, get. Like, quests. like yeah. I wonder what else I can do in this world, right? Oh. And that's basically it. So like you can technically replay it, but do you, get, do you get scored at the end? Yes. So you could try and replay it to get a better score, I guess. But but like you could, but then you know where everything is. Is right. the thing. It's like um, you you could do it to get a better score, but not not much of it is like luck based necessarily. Mm-hmm. So. If you just remembered where everything was, it'd be very, very easy for you to just like bam, 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 bam. But for bam, people bam, that bam. like completing achievements, that would actually yeah. be very rewarding. Sure. I yeah. know lots of people that if they play games and they missed something or they're not at a hundred percent at the end of the game, they're like, "I need to replay this. It must be perfect." <laughs> so those people would probably mm. love that. So this guy's name's Bob, though. Yeah, like literally Bob. His name's just Bob. Just Bob. Okay. And he kind of throws you into the past without any actual briefing or training. Yeah, or... well, that's for the first case. Uh, one thing, so I've played the first two cases of Time Stories. Um, I forget what the first one's called. I don't think it has a name. Uh, just... The Asylum, I think. The Asylum, okay. Called. That's the one that comes that's with the box. The one that comes with the box, yeah. And yeah. then the um, and then the Marcy case. Um, it's like and... an expansion set which you buy to add on to. Yeah, so so the, the, the content of like the game itself is cards. So it's just more cards. So, like, a new case's worth of cards. Uh, and something I liked about it was how different they were. Um, I was initially sort of... I, I really, really enjoyed my first playthrough of Time Story, so I wouldn't have minded if the expansion was just the same game, just reskinned. You know, if it was another kind of, like, puzzle-solving, like, let's figure out this thing that they didn't tell us anything about thing. Mm-hmm. So they just don't tell you anything. They don't... Know. Well, that's the thing. Like, the first case, they kind of, like, Bob says, okay, go... And then the computer kind of short, where? like, this is, and then, and then, like, you don't know where, you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know what you're doing, um, and that's fine, like, that's part of the game, like, you collect, like, stuff, and you have, like, puzzles and so codes and things. Bob doesn't, like, train you, he doesn't tell you anything, he's like, alright no. guys, you're time police. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Bye. Well, I hope yeah. one of us is Jean-Claude Van Damme, is all I'm yeah. saying. Mm. And I hope there was a resume or something you would hand in before you got that job. Yeah, it was um, it was something, but it was really enjoyable. So when the when the when we were gonna play the second case, we were like, and in my head, I was like, okay, well, like, I could handle doing that exact same thing again, just with like a different outcome and different puzzles. That would be cool. But no, it was completely different. So whereas the first one, we basically get dropped in blind. This one, you show up and then you immediately have a target and a theme and a quest and equipment. And you just have like all this stuff just like presented to you immediately. Bob learned from the first time. Exactly. It's like, we like, better give them some more stuff. Like, you filed, like, a whole bunch of complaints with HR, and he changed his stuff, and you have, like, a, like, file, like, manila folder thick, and it was so great, because they were so, such different experiences. Mm. Like, the first game was this big puzzle-solving thing, and the second one was this big, kind of, like, action-adventure combat thing. Oh, that's so, like, cool. like, stuff that you, that was never relevant in the first one, that you, we, you know, we never, we had stats that we, like, never, that never came up. Yeah. Were suddenly and you're like, the I guess main... we're just never going to use those. Exactly. And then in the and second one, they were like, like oh. the main focus. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I was really impressed at how different they managed to make the two cases within the same game. It sounds like they both have a really focused narrative as yeah. well, a particular path that the story tends mm-hmm. to take. And I, I think that's one of the particular advantages that these limited play games can potentially have, is they can yeah. provide you with a sort of focused experience that an electronic game might, mm-hmm. uh, but in a tabletop format where the focus is less on uh, you know skills with the controller and more on social interaction and puzzle solving and communication and that sort of thing that tabletop games do so well. One of the ones that uh, that we've actually been enjoying a lot recently is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. We've been through seven cases so far. 
And it's it's a hell of a thing. You, it's it's one of the most challenging games out there. Not in terms of rules. You can learn the rules very very simply. It's just here's Sherlock telling you uh, about this case that he doesn't have time for. Here's a map of London. Here's a copy of the day's newspaper. And here's a book that's just got a bunch of entries in. It. If you want to go to a particular place, it'll be like SW four. So turn to SW four in the book, and that's like the British Museum, or it's the scene of the crime, or whatever. And you open to that page in the book, and you read what you find. And you can, this is Sherlock? This is yeah. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. And you have to investigate oh, these places, so read these things, figure out the clues, and solve the crime. And you feel like you've so been to enough good. places where you've got it. It's like, okay, we're going to stop now, because the more places you visit, the lower your score gets. Uh, you can stop anytime you want. Say, okay, we think we've got it. You turn to the end of the booklet, and it gives you a series of questions. Who did it? How did they do it? Where did they do it? And there's like a couple clue. of side quests. Kind, kind of. of. Hmm. Uh, except it's completely open-ended. They're not yeah. going to tell you a list of suspects or a list of rooms or a list of weapons. You have to figure everything out. Yeah. Um, so for example, if you realize that, that, I don't know, that, that cigarette butt means this particular thing because it was located in this part of the room instead of that part of the room, then you can realize, wait a minute, that the map that we saw earlier told us this about that, which means you have to sort of fit everything together. Obviously, once you've done that, the challenge of playing consulting detective, or at least that particular case is pretty much gone. Especially because um, you score based on how well Sherlock does. Because mm-hmm. so in the, in the beginning, Sherlock's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't have time for this. Just, like, go and do it for me. And then at the end, he's like, you know what? Turns out I did have time for it. And what I did it. Sherlock and I did it better than you. And it gives you, <laughs> yeah, and then, like, and it says, like, Sherlock solved this case by going to six location. And you look at your list and it's like, all right, well, that's, like, 25. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we get a lot less points. So you get Sherlock. a lot less points. But it, but it tells you the optimal course, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you were saying earlier, Amanda, about, like, people wanting to go through things again to get, like, a perfect score. You can't you can't even really do that here because it tells you what the perfect score and, like, the perfect way of doing it would be. And yeah. once you've done those ten cases, the game's pretty much used up for you. Mm-hmm. But you haven't, like, ripped up any of the components like you would in a legacy game. So you can yeah. give it to a friend and they can play it just as you did. So you can just, like, pass the game on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, cool. Or you can, you can sell it on eBay or whatever it is. The, yeah. those, those, those murder mystery dinner parties that used to be a thing back in the 80s Oh, those were so much fun. Would also uh, be in that sort of category of something that you can only do at once. So what you're saying is, is I shouldn't buy a new copy of Sherlock. I should buy someone's old copy yes, of Sherlock. Yes, 100%. That may actually be the cleverest thing to do. That's so. That's Same thing with time stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when it comes to the legacy games, you can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Those those the, those those torn in half cards, that they're, yeah. they're staying torn in half. Yeah. Those stickers. Although, I mean, could you not? Like, I always wonder with those games, like, do you have to destroy the cards I mean, I know that's kind of the fun of the game, is ripping up a component of the game, being like, yeah. no, that game, that part of the game, we're never going down that road. But uh, but it would be kind of cool if, I mean, you could just kind of put stuff away. I mean, a lot of the legacy games, I don't know what I'm talking about, a lot of the legacy games have stickers and there I feel are like things. if you're not physically destroying it, it's like you're trying really to open a present it. without ripping mm, the, the wrapping paper. paper. Yeah. You know, maybe you're the sort of person who wants to do that. And okay, that's fine. That's not but as fun. Yeah. It is a like, fun part of the legacy game. It's like, like the like frantic, desperate, permanent, aggressive sort of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like marking territory. Yeah. You know? having, this having is played, ours. We did this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can't be undone. Having played the first uh, sort of parts of uh, Risk Legacy and just like even when you get to the part I don't want to give anything away but <laughs> you there's a, there's there going to be a time where you, if you play it you're going to have to destroy some stuff and and that stuff destroying that stuff basically says we're not going to 
ever go down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of rewarding to be like, we've made our choice and we have customized this game now. Like you and I are each, we each have these things and these things we say, no, we say no to those. No one gets them ever. It's, it's kind of cool. And the idea of, um, I mean, the thing about risk legacy that I find really interesting is almost like a real life version of a war, like wars that you actually mm-hmm. have seen because the game and the board changes based on things that happen in terms of who, who wins stuff. And the world can be permanently scarred. Yeah. And the world, that's, that that's exactly. And I mean, you think about it and you think about, um, myself being a big history nerd, mm. uh, so many types of nerd am I. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and going to places and seeing, um, you know, sites from battles and stuff like that and seeing the way the landscapes and those places have changed where like now no one can be there because there could be mines everywhere. And just seeing that happen in a game is so cool because it actually is so like real world. And without making these sorts of permanent changes, to it that effectively make it so that you can't go back and start this game over mm-hmm. again. That's that's necessary in order to achieve that sort of permanence, that sort of persistence, that kind of attachment to this world that's yeah. unique and different that you and your friends have created together. Saying that I've made this decision and now this is the way it is for the duration of the play. Yeah, and and it can never it. go back. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to also make decisions like that in a game and not really know if it's going to be... Because a lot of the legacy games, too, I think, have a lot of cool components where you make a decision and then something might come up later that you didn't really know was going to come up um, as you're going through the play. And so you might make a decision thinking it's the best decision for you at the time. And later that could be a decision that, like, is detrimental to the fact that now you've messed up everything for yourself or for if you're playing Pandemic Legacy, you know, the world yep. is is pretty awesome. Is there a way, actually, when you're playing Pandemic Legacy, that you can mess up the game so that the game is over and you don't really get to play very much of it? No. No. Uh, once, uh, it's, there, there is an end to the story. Mm-hmm. When you get to the end of your Pandemic Legacy campaign, it does have a definitive ending. It's like the story is over, you're done. You're not yeah. playing this game again. But it's not like you can start like when you do with Pandemic and lose. You and can't reach it. that point prematurely. Oh, okay. Uh, even if you lose an individual game of Pandemic Legacy, the world goes on in a slightly more messed oh. up world. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like, uh, like, so kind of like Risk. You're gonna get your, you know, 18-ish games out of it, no matter what. It's not gonna come to a premature end, uh, because you played so badly. But, that doesn't mean things won't get really hairy. You can mess things up, but, uh, you not- can't mess them up that bad. No. So something that occurs to me with um, people with, like, legacy games and, like, single-play games that people get really kind of, like, up in arms about, you know, oh, why would I buy this thing when it only has, you know, one play or X amount of plays is that people get really weird when it comes to, like, buying objects and, like, owning things versus, like, doing experiences. Like, people have no problem spending money on, you know, going out for dinner or going to see a movie or going to, you know, bungee jump or whatever the, like, whatever. Yeah, like, it's 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 an experience and you've kind of, like, classified in your mind as a thing, like, an intangible thing that you're spending money on. But when it comes to objects and things, there's, like, this big kind of, like, movement now, you know, owning fewer, you know, better, longer-lasting things, you know, buy-it-for-life kind of stuff. And board games kind of, like, straddle that line of, like, objects that you own, like physical things that are essentially like facilitating an experience. Hmm. So when people get sort of upset over the thought of owning something that will only have that one play or that one kind of like run through, 
they're really kind of like not seeing board games for what they are. They're really seeing it as like an object that they're owning that's taking up space in their life where they could put a better, longer lasting, more productive thing when really they should just be seeing it as a kind of, yeah, like a facilitator to an experience. And that's really how you want, how you need to perceive things if you're going to like fully appreciate it. Because yeah, like a, a game of Pandemic Legacy that'll have 12, 18 games in it, it's it's finite, but it's 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 you're not buying it for the game itself. You're buying it for those eighteen experiences, and those experiences are going to be unforgettable. Same thing with Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can only do each of those cases once, but every one of those evenings is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Okay, that's it for this week. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on the show, tweet it to us at SnakesCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. Emily, Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for letting me ramble. Yes, forever. The SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Thanks so much for listening. Game on. Game on.